0: Welcome to Elite Six Think Tank, an open discussion group with business owners who share their knowledge, experience, and skills. So that's that, and that's about me. So this week's topic was defining customers' expectations, Uh, and I've got to stop sharing that, and I've got to start sharing this, and remember the idea is if you help me out by putting your comments as you say them in the chat window then we can build up a pretty good open discussion. So what is, um, first of all, people's experiences on uh, customers' expectations?
1: I think um, you need to really define, if you're doing a piece of work for a client, you you need to summarise exactly what that is and what that entails, because isn't it always going to be a conversation down the track of a difference of opinion or what was asked for sometimes. And so I always like to do a, um, meet with people and understand what they want and then summarize that back to them. So it's and given you know, an indicator timeline and other thing that goes with it. So people are on the, get people on the same page, basically.
0: So is that clarity of the service you're providing? Sort of?
1: Yeah. Agree content, basically. Mm.
0: it's That's defining the scope really, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Who wants to chat? Put that in the chat room for us. You do doing it, no, it. Doing it. All right. Um yeah, experiences. Defining customers' expectations. Mm. Defining. Is that right? Have I got that word right? Defining? What yeah. is Why does it not flow off the bidubule gender? <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> Maybe you should have used a different word. Maybe it's it managing. Thinking. Managing. Oh, yeah, like meeting. That. Can yeah, we, managing. we hijack the meeting and call it managing? Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. David came up with that, didn't you? Have I spot yeah. that right? I don't think I have.
1: No, I yeah.
2: don't I don't think I don't think I come I don't think I come up with it. I think somebody else might have suggested it.
0: Oh, yeah. I won't blame you, Dave, because you're in the room. <laughs>
2: okay.
0: Uh, yeah, so I think I've spot that right, managing customers' expectations. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. So, um, ma- how do you manage customers' expectations?
3: Is probably the do you need to?
4: <laughs>
3: I, th- I think you have to understand who your customer is. Who your customer is. All right. So, who's our customers then? Uh, for my business, it's it's the uh, collectors. And if it, right, and because it's it's the collectors, yeah. You know, I have to know uh, the expectations of what they want, particularly because it's online. And so I have to uh, communicate exactly of uh, what they are purchasing.
0: Hmm. I bought a car sight unseen. It was a Toyota Prado at the time. It was forty thousand dollars, and I bought it. I had a client in Dunedin who said, look. You can read the uh, spec sheet on this car. They will outline every single ding and dong on the car, and um, also all the service records. And I said, and basically what I read here, this car's probably worth fifty-five thousand dollars on my lot, but I'll buy it for you and forty thousand dollars. But you have to go all the way to Auckland and pick it up sight unseen. And on the way, he said, can you give me forty grand first? <laughs> So when I got to Auckland, the wee ding that they said they had on the roof was a tiny, tiny little ding, and it was nothing. And I was actually quite pleased with the fact that every single thing that they had on the faults of these cars was on this one piece of paper. So it actually met my expectations, even though it had faults. That was a few years ago now. Something to tow horses with, don't get me started.
5: Yeah, well, I've always had a bit of a personal mantra, I suppose, of trying to exceed expectations. That's what I've Tried to tend to work to
6: over the years. Yeah, and I've just I'll just put that same thing up, Nigel, in the chat box. Yeah. Yeah. I,
0: yeah. 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 So that, that's an interesting one. Now I I can see if we get too, I um, kind of a, the eighty-five percent good today rule. Uh, I kind of go by because uh, because the old I think we're all perfectionists a lot of the time, especially the people like ourselves. And I think there can be a a, a limiting factor in a way. How do people feel about that? Like sometimes it's it's okay to be good. You don't have to be perfect.
5: Well, this, yeah. we were looking at this the other day on the Wednesday, face to face, and we asked the question: What was the difference between perfectionism and procrastination? Sometimes they're very close. <laughs> mm.
6: But I, I, from my my perspective, if you aim to to um, give a quality service or, or product. Um, And it's just part of your business operations. It shouldn't actually be hard. And the difference from being merely adequate to excellent, sometimes is only a very small margin and it doesn't take an extra lot of effort if it's part of what you do and how you operate.
0: I think I'm thinking systems and processes comes to mind because some of the things I do, like I'm talking about putting together some workshops, showing people how to set up their own Shopify shops at the moment. Now, To me, that's, um, I want to get into all the intricate details and all the important stuff because I think, but you know, it's going to be, you know, it's probably going to be a 16 hour tutorial on video. Is that,
1: so is that a workshop or is that a service? It
0: will be be a workshop teaching people how to do it themselves, but I've always told somebody I want to have, you know, 16 hours worth of your time so you can set it up like I would. You know, it's got to be a hard one to get somebody to watch 16 hours worth of video. So I'd have to, and you know what I'm sort of saying? Like, it's so complicated what I actually do and why I do it, mm. you know, but then uh, probably because it's too big a task, people won't do it. So sometimes... Perhaps yeah, you, you could uh,
3: explain, you know, like the small bit, uh, you know, like the underlying bit, you know, like, and then, you are know, like uh, the rest of it is, you know, like the next week, you know, like, or the next bit up, and up and up because yeah. you know, I get what you're explaining you know there's a lot of um, if you were to teach a person how to public speak essentially to stand up and speak is the basics to stand up and communicate the message is the advanced part
6: yeah and and drawing on my past principal background, um, you really have to be able to break tasks down into stages to to ensure successful learning. So you really need to see, it, then it becomes modular so people can work through it in a staged way without getting too um, bogged down. Exactly the right. To that um, is, um, sorry.
5: Sorry. The next step to that is to prioritise, isn't it? Yeah.
0: So somebody told me the perfect number for putting together a workshop is 36 bits of information and then you break it into, uh, you know, split it. So that's where I get my 16 hours from. It might be a 40-minute workshop on each aspect of each thing, but obviously people scoot forward, but it's going to be a big task anyway. Oops, where are we? Um, so people's experiences. So, uh, managing. Have you had problems not meeting uh, your clients' expectations?
2: Is probably a good question. Well, you normally find that out when the tap turns off, Danny. Uh, they stop paying you. <laughs> that's that's right. When they stop paying you, or the phone stops stops ringing. You know, that's a, that's the basic indicator that you're not meeting their needs. But I've just put a. a thing in there Danny to say that I think that what people um should do is we should make sure that from time to time we check in with our client base yeah. and ensure that in fact we are meeting their needs you know whether it's yeah. by a questionnaire or one-on-one talking to people or whatever you know that's that's it's, I believe that's critical
1: yeah, and I'd build on that, David, say, like, never assume, you know, okay. silence is not compliance. It could be extreme annoyance or frustration. So, yeah. Yeah. good tough, guys. Uh, uh, to so we're
0: definitely in the problem section now, though, aren't we, Dan? Oh, sorry, Matt. If yeah. you've oh, got a bit hopeless. Yeah. Um, so with Mark's last comment, was that a problem?
6: Um, I well, I just wrote in that one there. Yeah, I just I thought we're doing. Yeah,
0: that's my one
1: there. Yeah. So just try to put a
0: P in front of it, or um. Yeah. That's cool. We can bounce around. If it goes in a different box, just put um E or P
2: or um S or T. And another thing on the problems and going on from that mark is that especially if around the services, if we're offering a service is very often people don't understand the nature of their own problems or what the problem is that they want to solve. Yeah. And so we've got to be very critical in the way that we, we frame the questions and look for the question marks that we need to cover in, in that initial client contact.
0: Well, mm. oh, customers, eh? can you run a business without customers? It's
6: not well, a business.
0: Not a base you know. business. You can't obviously.
3: you well, she could. Uh, on from Mark's point, and speaking to the opposite of the topic, knowing when the customer isn't meeting your expectations, knowing when that it's um, you, the shoes on the other
0: foot, essentially. Oh, that's good. I like that. Um, problems. Managing the customers, the problem, and they don't meet your expectations. Yeah, yeah and,
6: and we've c- certainly talked about this before, where you actually have the the problematic client, and what do you do about that? And and I guess the the general conversation and all of those occasions is that you you work hard to sever that relationship and move on to a positive one. Yeah,
0: letting the customers go. Mm. Yeah.
7: I think. Um, in the retail, with me, it's everything's on the floor at the time yeah. and having to um, – um, customers' expectations um, I have to be able to – they think things aren't going to fit them, say, for example, without trying things on and, you you know, they might be quite big and you've got to be really careful about how you talk to the customer.
0: That's why I'm so, not a retail man.
7: <laughs>
0: that makes you quite look
6: a, yeah, does my bum look big on this? <laughs>
7: oh, it fit me, it's too small and you've just got to <laughs> gently nudge them into trying it because you actually know your stock, so you know what fits what. And, yeah. um, and then there's the customers that come back half an hour later and go, I want my money back because I found something else I want down the street. So how yeah. do you manage that kind that's, of expectation?
0: That's a goody one, that one, isn't it? How do yeah, you manage that like, penny?
7: How yeah. do I manage it? Well, yeah. I have the um, consumer thing beside my counter that you know, we don't have to give you a refund because you've changed your mind, basically.
4: Right,
7: um, the, the goods are not faulty, um, so we are not obligated to, to give you your
4: money back. Yeah. Yeah.
7: And we all go down the street and find something else later and think, damn, I wish I'd spent my money down there.
4: <laughs> it's just yeah. tough.
7: Life, you
5: know?
7: yeah. We, yeah, we, yeah. Maybe at the warehouse and things like that, but not yeah. in small business. We'll give them a credit. Mm-hmm. If they really insist
5: I think, penny, if I may ask you 're also subject to a sort of profile aren 't you as well and and perception and how you are seen as opposed to how you want to be seen
7: yeah uh, yeah, yeah, most of these customers are traveling through mm-hmm. um, oh, right. but we i mean i 'm usually i'm really i will be reasonable i mean if they want to if they want a credit that 's fine, and I can keep that open for them to use you know for six mm-hmm. months that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I have
0: um, with our online shops uh, people ring me up and demand that I give them a refund and I say well actually I've actually paid to have you as a customer because I've paid for Google advertising you've clicked Mm. on my advert, you've purchased my goods and also um, you've used my staff's time when processing your order so I said if I refund, like my mate has a 20% refunding fee on a watch so you might buy a $1,300 watch and then decide you've changed your mind, he'll actually Enforce a twenty percent uh, oh. fee. Two hundred. Uh, repackaging it, and that's if it's in um, good condition because they, they should have touched the box. They open the box, and you know it's not new, new, new anymore.
3: And that works <laughs> well for him. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Where's yeah. that one go last? Uh, I do have to warn all, all the viewers here. Right, there was a word mentioned um, in the last minute called refund. And I saw the reaction <laughs> all over Danny's face, so just be aware if we mention that again. <laughs>
1: it's that trigger word.
3: That
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so.
1: yeah.
0: Funny thing is I have to do, this is what gets the retailer at, right? you have to do as much work with a refund as you do mm. processing an order.
4: Yep, mm. that's right. Yep.
5: Yeah, If not more. <laughs> Actually, you raised quite a good point there, Danny, about the cost of your client each time every client does have a cost whether it's a successful relationship
0: or not. Yeah, well, those clever programs that you have, they go, I watch the Dragon's Den a lot, if you haven't figured that out already, and they often say, what's your cost per acquisition for a customer? Mm -hmm. And even Google Analytics will give you a price. Like I can tell you, um, uh, Sal, the furniture guy did the website for, at the moment, he's done about $16,000 worth of sales, and it tells me it costs him $74 per Customer to get those sales, uh, which is quite cool. But now we want to get that cost right down to obviously be selling a keyboard for 50 bucks. He doesn't want to pay $75 to get a customer. But yeah. the other day, somebody came along and bought 10 cheers at $8,500. But that, that to get that sale cost him $72. So if those cheer people come back and go, I want my money back. He's lost $72 plus enough time doing it. Yeah.
6: So it's really around knowing your business and certainly knowing how your cash flow works and what are your hidden costs. So when you do have those conversations with people, um, that's part of that conversation if, there's, if you're talking about refunds or things like that. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Um, but talking about the, the topic, meeting customers' expectations, that sign that you have on your counter Mm. It's brilliant, isn't it? Because it says we mm. do not have to exchange if you've changed your mind. It's grooming the customers' expectations before they even enter a transaction.
7: It does, and it's come straight from the um, we call it the consumer. It's yeah. not something you know. It's a it's the the sign.
0: Yeah.
7: And you don't very often have those issues. Not very often at all. But it always happens if my staff are on and I'm not there. <laughs> <what> <laughs>
8: Yes.
0: Hey, um, just shortly. our uh, Stephen is that for solutions? That one that you just gave me, that one there.
8: Uh yes, it is really. Yep. Okay.
0: Just try to put a um, an S in front of it, so I know where to put it. Yep. And Matt, I presume that was um, realistic expectations. That's, That's problems. a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And scope creep is a problem too.
8: Scope creep.
0: Where do you get that? I don't know.
8: Mm. I guess scope creep should be identified at the time it arises rather than leaving it to the end to negotiate a later date Mm.
3: I can't can't even see scope creep, I don't know what you guys are talking about you make stuff up Uh, it's in the chat box box. Um, box. um, um, an interesting uh, solution I think uh, stems from the comments of Nigel and Henny um, and that is that how, how, how you portray yourself Actually, sets the expectations as well.
4: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, And so, if if you you trade yourself at the high end of the market and you're not at the high end of the market, right, then uh, the expectations are already a mismatch.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And can somebody explain scope creep to this creep?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, it's when they ask, they're going asking for. A mini but then they quickly want a Daimler. For the same
2: price.
1: Yeah Yeah. in the same timeline so it's it's normally uh, death by a thousand cuts I discuss a little bit here and a little bit here and a little bit here and before you know it you've got a something twice the size and cost that the original request was. Yeah uh, now
0: I've got a few examples on that one suppose.
9: Yeah I know what that means.
0: Hey Chris how you doing bro? Looking good?
9: My apologies for being late. I got held up in another meeting.
0: Did you? Is there others? <laughs> We're talking about managing customers' expectations. I know you had a nightmare business for this at one stage. How did you? Uh, so that's food for thought. We've got a few problems and a few solus- solutions. Yeah. Right. Um, solutions okay so um, somebody can put a sign up uh, on a door that's a solution
4: mm-hmm.
0: um, somebody said swearing Matt what have we got sorry yes solutions we've got a few solutions now thank you um. <clears throat> go quiet a minute mate. I'll start singing mm-hmm
2: yeah, and, and also ensure you get feedback from your customers on what they think about what you're offering. I like that.
0: Cute. Matt sent me a survey to do, Matt. Uh, I think I have got it in my inbox with my other thousand emails. <laughs> but it's uh, – unfortunately, sometimes I think the people that have the time to fill out forms, um, you, you know, uh, how do I put that um, – I excellent struggle. time management yeah and it's, I look at it and go oh my god any form to me is like horrific I know So I mean you might get feedback from the people that used to doing forms yeah mm. uh, I do mean to do it feedback
1: yeah well it's interesting because I deal with a lot of people and um, I use a form obviously to get information and those who respond and those who don't respond there's a correlation to how their businesses are yeah. Yep. Done eating, just saying, just saying.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. God, it's so funny at the moment. It's like, um, I don't want to make this about me, by all anyway. It's like we have been working around the clock trying to get better systems and um, processes, and we've got a continuous flow of, of inquiries coming in like a force. And I've just focused on um, fixing the problem rather than doing the work mm-hmm. and now we're starting to catch up and now you know but it's sort of an old 22 really uh, you know like we've got automated if people write us the same message 10 times we have an automated automated re- response that goes back now when i'm writing a message will, if i've said this there's a button i can click and say that and say that and say that and it's just amazing what we can potentially do so it's like writing a bot To um, and then learning from all your experiences and uh, having a a beautiful email written that took you literally 15 seconds Mm. rather than a 15-minute thought pattern. So rather than looking at the 200 emails in the inbox going, oh, i better go answer them first, I've just said, forget about them. Let's fix the problem. And I don't know if anyone can relate with doing that themselves.
3: What is that? uh, That high-tech... Uh, Incredibly high tech. I would have a problem around the customer expectations. For example, um, if I went into a person's house to buy their estate and it was incredibly high end and it's not my market, right, then A, I'm not going to buy it. Uh, Which means if I was advertising in a way that was broad, uh, then I'm misleading. Um potential well, I'm misleading the public in, into believing I can help them. yeah, would you take the money because that that Rob can
6: breed you know downstream um frustration from the client's perspective, can it? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah and also yeah if I walk into that house yeah you know, and I go, oh my God, I'm in the wrong place, <laughs> I have to get out of here' Because you know, like their expectations are obviously miles out of my league, uh, then I walk out and I'm not happy either. Mm. And so you know, work out uh, your um, your advertising spiel, you know, like, or your uh, promotion, you know, like to hit the right target. Yeah,
5: okay. yeah. So yep. that, that this, goes easy. back to um, perceptions, doesn't it? Yeah, do your. <laughs> Um, customer perceives you as opposed to how you want to
9: be seen, isn't it? Getting that, getting that right. Yeah, it's knowing knowing the customer that you actually want. Like, you yeah, know, if, you, if if the customers are high end customers, then that's who you're advertising. That's who you're chasing. But if if you don't want uh, budget customers or price sensitive ones, or um, uh, ones that are too busy, then you don't chase them, don't advertise to them. Yeah. yeah, it's
8: also know the customer you've got as opposed to the one you want.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's, it's good to have stretch of goals and objectives and that sort of thing, but I think it's a road to misery if you oversell your capabilities because yeah. then that leads to under delivery, which leads to destroying your reputation you know, you've hard earned so you, yeah we will always push the boundaries a wee bit if it's something new but it's got to be realistic that yeah you can achieve that task in that time and that price and <laughs> yeah. some people are specialists in things and when they're specialists you know know what you do know what you know and know what you, and also know when to give it away
0: yeah we made a mistake of hiring a telemarketer uh years ago and i turned up at this company and this guy said you can do this and you can do that and you can do this and i said i can And he goes, yeah, and I've got a contract. (laughs) And I said, have you got that contract? And he's yeah. And he brought it to me and I ripped it in half. And I said, I'm sorry, (laughs) let's start again. My telemarketer got overzealous. (laughs) I still remember the look on his face when I ripped the contract up in his face. But um, it was amazing what I theoretically could have done. But that was one side of it. If you hire a marketing company or something, perhaps they do some (laughs) oversell your service, maybe. Or the expectations.
5: Uh, I've got a question on a slight variation to this in terms of expectations. If you have a client and they work with a third party and that third party has to be involved, how do you manage that? Does it come through you or does it go through them? Stephen, you know more about this one with dealing with engineers and stuff and having to coordinate your engineer as part of your contract.
8: I guess there's different ways you can set Set up those contracts. You can, you can coordinate in them and not take a fee. Um, you can, you can put their service through your service and and take a fee. It just depends on yeah. where the liability is if work doesn't go ahead.
5: And I think that's the point, isn't it? How how do you actually define that to start with? Because if someone's effectively going around you to another to one of your suppliers, the whole thing starts to fall down quite quickly. So coming back then to the customer expectation what should their expectation be in relation to dealing with a third party i suppose
9: i, guess well, I think it come, sorry go for it. i think it comes back to um, who owns that customer because ultimately if there's a problem with a third party it's not the customer's going to be annoyed with a third party they're going to be annoyed with you because you're the meant to be you're the, the your customer
1: yeah. Yeah. So some of so that com- some of that can be managed through contracts, I guess. And that's what often happens, isn't it? You consequential liability and all that good stuff. Yeah. But you yes, just mentioned
6: Yeah, you, you just look at the fiasco that's happening around these um two folk who, who got out of quarantine and you know where the buck is stopping and it's going all the way up to the Prime Minister, the Secretary General of Health but it's actually a, a tier or two down from that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's the people in charge who've got to accept the problem um, to ensure that their minions are carrying out the directive. Oh,
0: that took about 33 minutes to talk about the borders. <laughs> 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 may not look like it, but I'm extremely pissed off about that. Mm-hmm. Did you hear I started a Facebook group? close the borders hey do you like that never assume because when you assume you make an ass out of you and me Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
4: Mm.
0: yeah good Mark where was that one going oh that was in
6: a solution or or just another box called random
1: (laughs) <laughs> ramblings,
8: yeah. Mark's ramblings. Yeah. I guess that's the deliverables of your team you know you need for their expectations you need to understand the team and the process and who within that team structure is going to deliver what and how and who engages and who coordinates and who's responsible so i guess as as you say who who owns the client is sort of obligated to to put the deliverables of themselves and all all third parties involved and what the process and and goals would be to achieve that.
0: Just seeing something Penny said earlier on this week, you were talking about hiring staff. Yes. So there's another uh, expectations. Like, you know, how do you... I know Steve's got staff and probably a few others of you haven't, maybe. Staff. But um, it's uh, meeting... uh, Giving them their expectations is probably... An interesting one as well. Like, oh, can I turn up at quarter past eight instead of eight o'clock for work, and all that sort of stuff? Or, it's know,
7: interesting. It's very interesting.
3: Yeah. <laughs> how to talk to a client? <laughs> I think. I think if we were to turn this around, because essentially we, um, a lot of this conversation is assuming that we're not actually meeting the expectations, right? But how? How? How about if we were to overmeet them? Uh, there's a place up the road that every time I go in there, I get a lollipop. Now, the fact is, I don't need a lollipop, but I know that every time I go in there, I'm going to get a lollipop. Yeah,
6: but three times a day, Rob,
3: is ridiculous. (laughs) Look, look, I know I I browse in that shop too often, but (laughs) uh, there are small things that you can do that are nice that somebody will do for you that as a customer you may reward it because to say no is quite hard because a person's been nice, even if it is completely unrelated to the original transaction
0: Mm. Reminds me of a guy that bought us a baru, a brand new one and it comes with a we'll wash your car for you free of charge for the first three years and he used to go there every, um, every week and sit there in the room where they washed his car for him. <laughs> it's not as bad as a lollipop, but I can imagine that the cleaner boy would really like that guy. <laughs> it didn't matter how dirty it was, he'd be there getting his free car wash
8: for three years. Yes, that's exceeding expectations, isn't it? Mm. Yes, meeting them. And exceeding. Oh. No exceeding them.
3: Yeah. You see, it's also perhaps that at the time that the owner of the Subaru takes the car in to get, you know, like washed, you know, like all of the ads around, you know, like all of the new Subarus are, you know, able to be seen. Mm. Yeah, that is that is another way
1: of looking at it. While you're waiting in the showroom, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: another way of staying in touch with your clients,
2: yeah. isn't it, really? Yeah, you, you're a captive client if you're in there, and uh, the salesman will love to approach you. Yeah.
1: it's like putting the mirrors in the uh, clothing shops are right at the back of the store, isn't it? So you've got to go <laughs> right through. Oh, look at the milk.
8: Where's the milk in the supermarkets? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, back right. like being a fish and not expecting the bait, but there's a hook underneath it.
0: <laughs> well, I love the sayings, guys. We're getting really good. The juices are starting to flow now.
7: <laughs> I think. Um... Customers with retail that customers expect to be greeted when they come in, just a nice, friendly, hello, how are you today, Um, rather than being ignored.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely.
7: There's a lot of comment about that from customers.
0: So you lead by example, don't you, especially in your environment. Uh, I suppose if you've got staff there and you don't. Mm -hmm. Um, But I bet you if you did an experiment. I was talking about my um, contagious smile. And if you smile, other people will often start smiling. So if you lead by example, they will follow suit sometimes.
4: Yep.
0: But
6: but Penny, there's a fine line, isn't it? Because we've all all, all been into those shops. where We've had them meet and greet, and that's lovely. But then the the shop attendant doesn't leave your side for the next 10 minutes and they're all running around.
7: No, there's a very fine line, and I'm always very... um aware of that and i tell my stuff you know it's like hi how are you doing today you know if you want some help we're here just let us know you know it's just to be friendly
3: mm. and to
7: break the ice rather you know we don't want to be hovering over you you can tell right. when they need help and then you go in and you can help them and they're like oh thank you you know um there's there's definitely ways of doing it
0: there's an interesting one at the moment my mate who sells the garmin watches he's um there's a, there's a race on tomorrow called the bridge to bridge and people come in and pick up the race pack from his shop and every time somebody comes in the shop he's trying to sell them something and I'm going these guys enter all these events just be nice to them become their friend and don't go for the kill on the first two or three visits mm. and and then so obviously, look, and he's so he's he's a really good salesman but there's that point like Mark was saying you've just got to leave them alone and you just sort of mm. I mean I and I said you never know um you know what they're looking at and they might come back in half an hour so I I started taking over the that, that first interaction. And I'd ask them something about, um, have you done this race before? No, it's my first time. And then you find something and all of a sudden they're, they're interested about talking about them and the race mm. that they're about to do. And and I say, well, I had a go at doing one once. And then you and then you forget about everything other than what the products are all around them. And then often mm. they'll often say, oh, actually,
9: <laughs> and away it goes. Here's that's pretty really really true. There's a really good um, analogy around marketing and digital marketing in terms of um dates and that you know and getting married that when you when you meet someone out in a bar you don't ask them to marry you straight away
4: oh why not
6: you usually wait till at least
9: the third uh, third
6: drink chris
9: (laughs) all
0: right do you wait that long (laughs) (laughs) Mark? patient man (laughs) carry on chris just ignore
9: that no no just it's it's exactly that though it's it's, it's the same with sales and that going straight in for the kill on the first date. Generally, not the right thing to do. You know, you've got you to warm them up and you've got to have multiple, multiple interactions and, and dates with them to get, till you get married.
0: Can I tell you my number one pickup line?
9: Sure.
0: Okay. It says, um, there were, Would you like me to buy you a drink or do you just want the money? <laughs>
1: Right. Didn't say how successful it was, though. It was
0: no. brilliant. Well, if they laughed, if they, were, if they were good, and if they they took it personally, they were stupid. Thick as. A- <laughs> but it used to work. Oh, it didn't work, but it used to be starting um, a good way of, of saying a conversation. And you'd have to have a smile on your face. Now, would you like me to buy you a drink, or do you just want the money? <laughs> okay.
4: Anyway,
0: Helen, yeah. she's got her headphones on. Thank goodness. All right, we've got some good content here, guys. I hope you're um, it. Really, the, um, this is actually brilliant. A lot of people hopefully read this one day and go, this is really good stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. We've got any takeaways yet? We've got about 18 minutes left. Not that I'm counting. Feel free to poke any of those away. What's something we get? If we had a problem and a solution or are we facing some form of, uh, if only I could, I mean, our online shops, we've just got miles of stuff to improve on. Um, our biggest fear is obviously telling everyone that the products are coming from China, we're buying them on AliExpress, and it could take up to 82 days for your product to actually arrive. Now, I could meet their expectations by telling them all that, but I'm afraid if I did, I won't get them to purchase in the first place. So that's, um, that's just using our scenario. I, th-
3: I think your experience of your customer is allowing you to put on your site what will enhance the purchase and not be really annoying. Mm. I would imagine that if a person is, is purchasing from you, they don't need the item immediately anyway. There's hope. right? And so if it is delayed, it's not the end of the world. Well, what I've come up
0: with is actually because my products, we source the latest innovation and in products so they're getting products that aren't in the local shops. They've just hit the market. Sometimes that that's an angle they have found reasonably well. I'm just sort of liking that to your business, really. I mean, if, if um, let's say, we're talking in insurance, um, and I want to go to Mark, and I've never had insurance before, and now Mark comes back and says, well, actually, to get the right insurance, you've got to spend about three or $400 a month. So my expectations are, I think, oh, that's an additional bill. But what... What Mark's actually selling is total peace of mind that if I do get sick or my business has business interruption insurance or, you know, all sorts of things or I've got this, so it's like a, a real, it's a safety net and that makes me feel better and now I can see it's not a bill for three or $400 a month if it's that much. It's pretty good insurance for that, I presume, if it is, but um, yeah, if they get, so how would you, how do we use that
3: if you were to pitch the same insurance to a person who is unemployed, it would be unlikely to work. Wrong clientele, isn't it? Uh, no,
6: and of course, as as the advisor, you need to know your client and all about your client, so you are pitching the appropriate product to that person that will be useful to them.
4: Yeah. It's
6: just I like a high-end market, Rob, isn't it, whether you go into it or not.
0: So yeah. if i were on the Dole 1 insurance is what I need, mate?
6: Um, just that you wake up every morning, mate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can you insure against that stuff? (laughs) That's always a good one. I still remember the day when I was in a real bad way in hospital and I had four or five people around me and they were um, trying to stick a needle in my toe because they couldn't find a vein. And uh, I yelled out in a big, loud voice, don't let me die because the bitch will get 930,000. And they just all cracked up and laughing. <laughs> You've got to get your sense of humour.
7: Yeah. Is there? There's something that's happening in the in the retail um, as well. You're talking about made in China. Yep. There's a lot of people, there's this big thing that you're, all, you're probably all aware of, that everyone wants to buy this New Zealand made, support New Zealand yeah. made products. Yep. Um, which I do a little bit of New Zealand-made, but it's really expensive. Um, so there's a bit of a problem there with the customer expectation. Good topic. Um, eh?
0: Well, we, we get emails from people before they purchase, are we a New Zealand business? And yes. we write back and say yes. But yes. I said that little gadget that you're, you're about to buy is made in China. <laughs> and that's... You know, then they go, oh, I'm, I want to support local. So then I say, well, you, you know, the iPhone that I bought for $2,500 is also made in China.
7: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's an interesting one, yeah, because a lot of my products made in Nepal.
0: Yeah, you know, but you're a um, New Zealand business, aren't you?
7: I'm New Zealand homegrown business, and yeah. I'm pushing now. Hmm. I'm actually doing videos now to say, you know, the, the fiber that these made in Nepal products are made from are actually from New Zealand. The wool is from New Zealand, so I'm yeah. trying to get around it. Yeah. That way, to those people that are just going, Oh, we just want you to know me. Mm.
2: Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because just um, the source can make a whole lot of difference, I find. I remember uh, some time ago, I was in Fiji for a, for an extended period, and they get a lot of Indian cotton goods there, and the mm. cotton that was in the goods. <laughs> Um, and I'm particularly thinking about shirts because that's what I primarily bought. Uh, the the cotton was first class, and that those those, those shirts, even many years on, still launder particularly well. Whereas stuff that's come from, let's just say, other places, doesn't stand the test of <laughs> time.
7: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't buy New Zealand tea.
9: No,
7: no, we're not experts in making tea. Or yeah.
9: well, bananas. Oh, okay. tea. Have you not seen the tea yeah. for China? It's all New Zealand tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
6: and yeah, in, in, res, in response to Penny's comment, you know, I, I guess this is post lockdown fervour that's out there that people are focusing inward in New Zealand made, but there will be a passage of time whether it's a few more months where people will realise that some products are actually best sourced from the place where they're best made um, yep. you know, can, it's just the reality of the world economy
0: I think, um, okay. I think it's a really good thing though because I think, I think if somebody said you're a New Zealand business and you say oh, thank you for shopping local, I really appreciate that that could be a nice way of introing it mm. you know because um, you know, the world we live in it, on my closed Facebook thing I've been sort of saying to people you know, can New Zealand be self-sufficient and people go definitely not, and I'm going well. Maybe we become an exporter, like grow hemp and export hemp. You know, um, you know, but don't don't buy it in if we have. To, we can make it ourselves. I don't know how to run it, but I think we're all New Zealanders, aren't we?
2: Hey, listen, our wine industry wouldn't have be, wouldn't be as good as it is if, in actual fact, the majority of the people who got into it in the early days. Couldn't sell the stuff in New Zealand first as they developed their expertise, and then took it to a stage where it's world class. So you know, there's a there's a it's, it's a two way street. You know, I think we help ourselves. I just think about looking, thinking about what Lee Iacocca said in the in the uh, in the in the glow in the crisis in the in the late eighties when all the the major manufacturing industries had started to shift their manufacturing away from from America into Asia, and when the downturn came, the Americans then couldn't crank up their old the old industry and the expertise that they had to cope with the fact that it now wasn't available from those areas. So. Yeah, yeah. You
6: know, he was CEO Chrysler or something, wasn't he?
2: That's he was. Yeah, he, he, he was. He's the one. He's the guy who saved Chrysler yeah. um, from going through the floor. Mm-hmm. He was a senior at Ford prior right, to that. That's right. He was a senior executive at Ford. He had a he had a fallout with Ford, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. and that's got into Chrysler. Did he mm-hmm. go backwards? So okay. oh, oh, I know There's a good reason. <laughs> also, because of that,
3: because there's sexy actually um, you know an international. Uh, you know, like about the ultimate, you know, and not uh, you know, like to meet the expectations of the people buying the product with the Ford Pinto. Mm. Mm. Yeah, if That's you right. buy my car, you are likely to burn to death in an accident. <laughs> yeah. <Right>. yeah. <laughs>
5: he also put his money where his mouth is, didn't he? He didn't get paid for a year, or he paid a dollar for the first year, or some such thing. Memory serves me. Yeah.
6: I quite
9: like the top. Not that old enough to so remember that
4: experience. history,
9: Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> I read the book. <laughs> yeah. Is that more a case though that it's um, there's a sometimes a massive gap between the customer expectation and the business expectation?
4: Mm-hmm.
9: Now the customer's expectation is to buy local and New Zealand made and and all this kind of things, but the business expectation is that's it's simply not. It's too expensive to buy local and try and sell local because customers won't pay that amount. So the business expectation is to make a margin. So therefore, cheapest supplier or or best quality supplier for the right price.
4: Mm
9: -hmm. Regardless of where
0: it is. Fiona, the trumpet lady, was talking about that on Wednesday, actually. She said that people were asking if her products are organic and point of difference and all this sort of carry on in the packaging and it just goes on and on and on. She said, but she doesn't... uh, Buying organic uh, now, what do they call it? Oh, free trade products. She said it's actually, in some cases, not better for the the greenie to do that if you don't know the full history of the product and where it's sourced from because of the hoops that they have to jump through to get to that status. And mm. I thought that's that's kind of what you're sort of saying. It's like if you look at the, some of these new products that come onto the market and they've got the packaging, uh, they break down into the environment. Uh, and, um, you know, they're gluten-free, dairy-free, everything-free, you know, but then the product's not really that great and it's not a good business model <laughs> or whatever. You know, it's hard to make a business model out of doing everything, ticking all the boxes. Mm. But, you know, I find that hard as well. I mean, like, uh, I've got one lady I used to work with that used to hate airplanes, and every time we went on a flight somewhere, she'd frown at us. And we go – and she goes, oh, you're just killing the planet. And I'm going, well – yeah that's it. okay then we'll, we'll, I'll use a rowboat and paddle over the Atlantic with the goods <laughs> I don't know
3: <laughs> that's, um, I think an interesting uh, you know, like small point arriving out of here um, is that you are able to manage the expectations right, if you educate your customer yeah,
4: mm-hmm. yeah.
3: there's yeah,
4: also
7: I a big expectation <laughs> so, sorry
0: and I guess that, oh, you part of the go. Yeah. No. Well,
7: anyway, it's It's alright. <laughs> well, I was What's just going to say, um, um, there's a big expectation with customers too these days with what I do that things are, they do they want the ethically sourced, you know, mm-hmm. the, the no slave labour, all that kind of thing, mm-hmm. that I have to be really mindful of. And I, you know, I I can tell the stories and show what I do, but there's a lot of that going on too.
9: Hmm. everyone wants that until you tell them the price it's associated with it I think that's exactly right that's the question isn't it there are
2: some moralists amongst us Chris who will pay a little bit extra for that peace of mind Yeah, a
9: little bit I'm not saying a little bit extra will be against but there's a lot of people that or a lot of that doesn't add a little bit extra it's quite a bit extra to the end cost
7: Mm-hmm.
9: and suddenly if you a put that out in front of them they go oh no, well what's another option mm-hmm.
0: and I find the less you charge the more they want as well which is really strange
2: yeah but a classic example is the organics in the supermarkets isn't it where people can mm-hmm. make the choice whether they want to pay more for the organic stuff or pay pay for the standard uh, produce from from the agricultural sector mm-hmm.
7: That's the same in the clothing too. We have organic clothing with a higher price. People are paying it now. They actually, they are. Yeah, yeah. But then I cut out the middleman, so I'm importing them, getting it all made myself. So you know, there's a bit more room for me to man. play with. Yeah. yeah.
8: But the label itself is no longer sufficient. You know, you need to you need to verify the 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 whole source and and mm. of of the uh, classification. So you need certification. So much more now. Mm-hmm. People want to know not that it's just organic, but where is it growing, How far does it come? What's the basis of it?
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that it's not made in a sweatshop somewhere in the back of mm. India.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even well, then you
7: visit. You visit your factories when you go away. It's.
0: Hope you didn't fly over there.
7: No, I rode. I got a kayak, yeah.
9: and then I had to go.
7: I had to trek for for miles because it's up in the Himalayas. Oh, that wasn't that for
9: petroleum plastics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, when I went to Bangladesh and India over and in China for for matter, I just noticed in three different countries, and there were three different countries because uh, China could hide their rubbish better. And their the, the economy could, you know, do a lot more than Bangladesh who couldn't bury their rubbish, you know, mm. and then you, you'd you look at one country and, you know, and you realise the whole world's pretty fuvat up, really, when mm-hmm. it comes to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know? And yep. to make a change, I, I couldn't figure out any way to make a change in any of those countries. You know, but over here we live in La La Land. Mm. We're lucky. We're so yeah.
7: lucky. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly. All right, guys, we've got um, four minutes left there. Um, let's just start thinking about next week's topic. I did like the um, shop local, support local idea because what does that actually really kind of mean anyway? It's kind of like a... It's a hard one, that one. I don't know if there's a topic in there. Because mm-hmm. I sort of... Um, the content of it sounds great. Mm-hmm. The reality of it sounds different.
1: Mm. Well, I think once you rely on overseas then you lose that expertise locally forever potentially so it's a mixed bag isn't it you become reliant on um, overseas very quiet.
0: very quiet there matt um Sorry.
1: Yeah. i'm saying i think once you lose local really? capacity local skills by going cheaper elsewhere um Eventually, you lose
0: that
1: locally, um, and therefore you're forever reliant on other parties.
0: Yeah, I I I don't really shop on price myself. What am I trying to think of there? Uh, I'm I'm just trying to think of what does um, keeping it local really mean?
3: I th- I think part <laughs> of it. Is to promote the economy in New Zealand and to promote jobs, but as well as the local component, right? There's the you know, environment you know, and everything else. So maybe a topic is to say how how can we promote our products based on helping the economy of New Zealand or yeah. the environment or any of those other. Yeah. Um, new age concerns yep. I'll okay, just saying the same thing
5: you know, what, what does it mean to support, to support local as a topic for next week perhaps
0: yeah because mm. yeah. we all want to do that I think as a collective we all really want to help each other out yeah. um, but you know if you're buying off my shop and I'm importing products from AliExpress you actually are helping me out <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> Yeah. 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 And um Chris, I don't know about you, but this this thing here yeah, it, it keeps going. It's you put your cell phone in and it follows you around the room as you record. Yeah. But when you stand still, it goes like this continuously. Yeah. So I put a um dispute in with AliExpress and they've offered to give me seventeen dollars back off my fifty four dollar purchase. <laughs> and that's their way of handling it. But I knew that at the start. Um but they've you know, it's quite funny. But anyway... Uh,
1: right, guys, I've got to go. Sorry. I'll um, yep. see you next week.
0: All right. Thanks, Matt. Yes. Bye, Matt. Bye.
1: Yep.
0: Yes. Oh, So, in So just while you guys are there, uh, in a nutshell, um, what was that? That was... What does it mean? Cause, uh, what is local? Uh, yeah, what does it mean to support local? Support local. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what yeah, The meaning of it? Somebody want to write up the topic? That uh, would be great. Did I get... Uh, T takeaways. Yeah, what does it mean to support local?
3: Or is it buy local?
0: Is that more the emphasis? Yeah.
8: Or is it in
3: local? Well,
6: buy local. Yeah. What does it mean for you? Because as Penny was illustrating, um, there are different th- things that are featuring. You see, and, and I'm I'm not selling products that necessary that are local, for instance, in my uh, line of work.
9: No, not at all. Insurance is all backed overseas, isn't it? So, yeah, got like, the, yeah. I think support's the better word myself. Just,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm into that. Um, I'm just trying to make that bigger so it can come up on the screen. There we go. Um, so what's the nice words for that? So it's not su- support local.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's go. Okay. What mm.
0: does it mean to support local? Yeah, mm.
2: that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah. all
1: right.
0: Yeah, oh, that's really good, guys. All right, that's so, um name. I'll just sort of finish this off. I hope I did record that after all that was awesome recording. Uh, I just want to say, if you are listening to our podcast, thanks for tuning in. We are Elite Six, uh, a business family that want to, to share their experience, knowledge, and skills. You can read more about us on our website at elite6.co.nz. And hopefully you'll tune in next week for our next week's topic, What Does It Mean to Support Local?